This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Welcome back to the ZMAR Podcast. Uh, I have um, a special guest because I, I, every business needs it, even though they avoid it. Uh, we have uh, Donnie Byron um, with me. He does a lot of copywriting. Can you give our audience just a little background on what you do? And then we're going to lead into what it, what is copywriting? Uh, well, let's start with uh, what is copywriting, which yeah. I'd describe it as writing stuff to sell stuff. Hmm. Just to put it very simply, like you said, every business needs to sell stuff. And we have websites and we have direct mail letters and we have emails and social media stuff. And copywriting is just figuring out how to put words and ideas together with the intent of moving the sale forward with your ideal uh, clients. So that's copywriting. And that's really what I do. I'm, <laughs> I'm one of those boring people I have no hobbies. Uh, I, <laughs> I write copy and I, you know, I sit and watch my kids, you know, activities. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> sure. You're like the scientist in the room, but it's for generating business, which is what everybody needs. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Donna, give, give us a little background. How'd you get the copywriting? Okay. Uh, well, I think I had the traditional maybe not even traditional. I dropped out of college. I got married when I was a freshman in college and then dropped out of college so I could try to make some money. Yes. <laughs> well, here's the here's the tricky part. They wouldn't let us have a, a dorm together. I had to live in the in the men's dorm and she had to live in the women's dorm. And I said, I'm doing this. Yes. I to go make some money so we could live, have a place to live. And I just got into retail and then um, did that for some years. I ended up being an assistant manager at Kmart. You remember Kmart? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Very and, few listening might. Oh, man. There's there's buildings left with a with a, a dark K on it. That's, yep. That mm-hmm. used to be a Kmart. Um, if you really want to date ourselves, we can go back to Ventures. <laughs> so many. Yes, that's yeah, so many yes. memories. <laughs> right, right, right. So, uh, yeah, retail. Um, what did you learn in retail? Well, retail was kicking my butt. I, I realized I didn't want to do it anymore. So, I was... We actually had during the tor- course of time when i was at uh jc Pen- i'm sorry uh kmart yeah we had two class action suits against the company for the way that they treated us wow you might have to cut that out because somebody might be sensitive but <laughs> <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh it was so bad they were working a 60 hours 70 hours 80 hours a week sure and uh in my particular district there was threats of physical violence on a regular basis <laughs> wow. from upper management down. So sure. there was class action. Anyway, I, I said, yeah. I had three kids at the time and I said, I don't want to work 80 hours and then come home and try and have energy and time for my family, which because I didn't. Yeah. Um, so I said, I got to figure out a way that I can do something different. And I kind of always thought I would be a writer. When I was a kid, I thought I'd love to write. I, I love to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought I would be, you know, like write books or something. So I kind of, had that idea and providentially discovered at that time, uh, you know, when I was saying, how can I get out of retail and make enough money to take care of my family without working 80 hours a week? Not that I never work 80 yeah. hours a week, but, but at least I could be home and yes. discovered copywriting and instantly said, I think I can do this uh, and started trying to learn and trying to get, I started trying to get clients uh, probably before I should have, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I, right. I was lesson I was learned. Anxious. Yeah, I was anxious to get, you know, to escape retail. It took a little little bit of time, but but that's how that, that whole thing got started. 
I mean, obviously we go through um, some learning lessons. Uh, I, I keep calling them uh, college tuition payments, right? right. Well, we Yeah, we just keep plowing through and eventually we become a better person, better character, right? Um, and which is a lot of what we do in copywriting, right? And so it, to me, my, I'm not a copywriter. I've done some marketing though, but but like copywriting has really been around since the beginning of businesses um, in some way, form, um, yes. And I think it, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's kind of escalated since um, not not only just COVID, but but since the online world, right? They all of a sudden yes. it becomes, uh, instead of outsourcing it to a big, huge firm in New York or LA, um, now you're able to bring it more local. And then there's guys like you to say, hey, 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 there's an art to this and I got it, all right? Yeah. And, exactly. and so can you, can you, can, can you talk uh, briefly on, how it's evolved in the business world and where we're at today, and maybe even a little bit about where it's had it uh, going forward. Sure. Well, uh, as I mean, as, when you think about it, business is a hundred years ago. We really, when uh, the the nerdy copywriters like me uh, kind of trace back copywriting in its uh, current form to the early 1900s, uh, and back then all you had was mail and newspapers, mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe a little bit of uh, radio. So, so people were writing ads, but also ads didn't dominate radio like, like they do today. You get two songs and <laughs> yes. 14 commercials. Yes. Um, so there, there were just big firms primarily writing for, for bigger accounts. And mom and pop would probably just write something for the newspaper, a little ad or what, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, because there wasn't that many that much media. And it was driven by other, other things. Um, and as you introduce television and you introduce the internet there just becomes more and more places where you need to have words written by somebody uh, who understands how to communicate and how to persuade people uh, and became more and more uh, prevalent and then also with small businesses gaining access to those tools that used to be you know the big tv station Mm -hmm. the billion dollars it takes a billion dollars to make a tv station or however much it costs to make a radio station uh, and a regular small business wouldn't have access to all of that. They may, you know, may be able to buy radio time. Not all of them did, did but they could send letters in the mail or yellow pages. Once again, <laughs> dating ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and but then with the internet, things became cheaper and more accessible. And then with social media, now there's free free options, and everybody feels like they need to be everywhere. And so they're they're creating more and more. Everybody is an instant copywriter now, right? at least they're trying to be right. Yeah. And there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I, I no. think I was just telling my, uh, my brother, you know, if, if you can get excited about something and get other people excited about it too, you know, you're halfway there really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's, sure. that's pretty much how, you know, with email and social media and there's, you know, paid ads and stuff like that. Uh, everyone has access to those things. Even if you have a small budget, it's a free mm-hmm. websites. You know, you can go. Not my my first website. I, I think I didn't pay for a website for the first four or five years of my business. Somehow I got, I got some che- super cheap deal on uh, hosting, and I think I paid one one time, and I got it for three or four years. Um, and anyway, yeah, so it no, it's definitely becoming a lot easier. But with that comes a lot of mistakes. What have you seen in like a lot of the small mid sized companies mainly because large companies can probably hire. And not only they just bring the people in house, but what are some of the common mistakes that you're seeing that some of these small and mid-sized companies are using in forms of copy? Uh, maybe they're just winging it, but maybe do you have a couple examples that you might be able to share? You know, I, I think uh, now, well, it's probably always been true. People oftentimes when they're writing, they write the way that 
they as experts, like say I'm a plumber, I'll write about floaters and yes, <laughs> you know right. maybe some of the things that as a as a technician, you're great at what you do, you know all the terms. Uh, your audience or the people who are going to buy from you may not know all of those things. Plumbers are probably not so susceptible to that. Um, financial advisors are, <laughs> and um, maybe, well, I don't. Know, I can't. Yeah, insurance. I was going to say you know. insurance agents, right? We use too insurance, much jargon, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we 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 assume everybody knows what we know, right? And mm-hmm. and we don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. Worse. So speaking in in language that's not. Uh, really simple to understand by the average uh, person who you're trying to reach. Because obviously there's always some people who they know everything, you know, they study everything. They've been paying attention. They, they already have uh, insurance and annuities and they, and they have all yep. those things. So they know, but you got to be able to speak to the average person. And so I think a lot of people miss that. Uh, another thing that people definitely do is they focus too much on their product or their service. And not so much thinking about the um, the emotional condition of the person you're trying to sell to. So in the case of insurance, right, or like like a, a group policy, mm-hmm. there's frustration involved. There's confusion involved. Mm-hmm. There's how much money did I lose on this last stupid thing? We were talking about that before. Yeah. How much mm-hmm. money you've saved some of your clients. Yes. Right. And then when you realize I just sunk 80,000 bucks for no reason, yeah. the frustration and kind of the anger. Yep. And you, if you write about policies, you're not going to be able to tap into that. But if sometimes you can introduce, you know, I, you understand, I understand how frustrating it is to be confused about these things. These It's very esoteric. Nobody, nobody outside the industry understands these things. But I got your back. I can help you understand, walk you, you know, take you by the hand and walk you through how to understand these things and then show you how much money you can save show you how to fit something exactly to your uh, to your business needs rather than just trying to cookie cutter fit you into something that benefits me. Uh, and if you can talk about those emotions, knowing what they feel, um, well, if you don't do it, you're making a mistake, <laughs> even though it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like one. Um, but in terms of when, when at the end of the day, when you ha- haven't emotionally connected with the people you want to reach, you know, it's a missed opportunity. So I think that's something that's very big these days too. And people don't even think to do that, they're too busy thinking about how do I ed- educate people about my product or service? And education is only a small part of it. You know, going back and reading a little bit about who you are and what you do, um, there was a piece that you had wrote um, about uh, facts tell and uh, stories tell. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, sell, right, yeah. So maybe you could elaborate a little bit more on that, but I think that goes into what you were just saying because, you know, a lot of us are like facts, 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 facts. This is true, this is true, this is true, but but they don't sell anything, right? They're given information, but, and and I love the video that you put together where your, your wife's going to the cafe, but she's lying to you. And, uh, <laughs> and so, and, and you're like, it's all about, and, and give us a little background on the, the facts, talent stories to uh, sell. Okay. And, and that's a great uh, introduction to the idea, because I, I think I was being a little bit, um, controversial with that video on purpose, sure. but, yeah. yes. but uh, it is true that if we just, do facts and statistics and uh, the technical aspects of anything, even like chocolate. What's mm-hmm. the what's the molecule of chocolate that you love? Nobody cares, right? Nobody, Nobody cares. No. We enjoy chocolate, and, right? It's luscious, <laughs> and it, you care about how it makes you feel. So, telling a story about chocolate that maybe reminds you of, you know, eating a Hershey's bar with 
you know, as a kid with your brother and sister and you're just running around the playground. Those mm-hmm. stories take you to a place where oh, I got to have some chocolate. Describing the chemical makeup of chocolate does not do it. Describing the process that's made the chocolate probably doesn't either. Uh, unless you can, you can sometimes maybe tell a story about the farm where the cocoa beans are, you know, harvested. It's a different story and you're appealing to a different feeling. But just talking about this, the facts and stuff don't. But the story about my wife. <laughs> it was really a good story. I mean, I'm sure you made it up, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it got the point across. The, the idea there is that when you do share facts, people have mm-hmm. a frame of reference and they put facts into their own story. Mm-hmm. So if you tell me, if you say the word annuity, annuities can be really good things, right? But they can also be disastrous things. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people, so, so if I, if I say my, uh, my, my mother, you know, had an annuity and somehow got raked over the coals over that deal. And now the word itself, if you just say, we sell annuities and we have variable interest rates and these things. And all I heard was annuities, my mom, that that's why my mom, you know, was in the terrible condition that she was in. And I tell myself that story. So you could take it to another place if you tell me a story about a positive story about annuities. Now, it may mm-hmm. not be a personal story, but you can walk me through, you know, what like a hypothetical situation could be. And then you can paint the picture for me and show me at least. I mean, I still have that negative association, mm-hmm. um, but at least you can put it in a different frame. And I might consider, OK, my mother got a raw deal. Uh, maybe they're not all bad. And maybe for some situations, annuities are fine. So the stories, I'm telling myself a story anyway. Mm-hmm. Everyone, when they hear something, they they put a story to it to some extent. You say chocolate. I've got plenty of stories. <laughs> right? Yeah, sure. In my mind, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the messes my children made on the carpet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, of course. Or any of those things. And but so it's helpful for a marketer or an entrepreneur or a salesperson mm-hmm. to tell the story that takes your audience or the person you're talking to to where you want them to go and to have the, the mental pictures that you want them to see that will help them get closer to making you know making a buying decision in your favor for sure and and you actually start just to reference some of the things you had uh, started out with here where uh if we tell if you start out your story and said you know i was trying to figure out a way to make more money and i didn't have to work 80 hours a week and i could do it from home like it's a drab story. Sure, everybody can relate to it. But when you said, I got married young, you know, freshman year of college, now all of a sudden you're like, well, this is a story. It shows a little bit of loyalty, right? And and you were you were stubborn enough to say, okay, I got to figure this out, right? Yeah. So there's that story. You're walking through the path and you're like, I like Donnie's story. Like, where's this going to go, right? And then so your mind starts drifting and then, then you start closure by saying, hey, this is where I'm at and I'm making companies millions of dollars with, uh, you know, copywriting. Yeah. And what kind of crazy person gets married as a freshman in college? Ah, <laughs> uh, somebody that falls in love. I think it's a good love story. I, I um, I, you know, it, it's good that you did that because I met my wife after I got out of the military, and uh, I was like, I'm on the 10 year plan. If she sticks around 10 years, um, she's golden, right? <laughs> and so, so I, I made her linger around for four years before we got married. And so, uh, but we, are, she was in a middle school and I was trying to build this insurance business and, you know, there was a lot of crazy stuff, but, but that's no excuse. Like you like, yeah, you were working on the college degree, you had other goals, but life changes. Right. And you just kind of adapt to it. Same with adding kids, right? Like yep. things change. You just got to keep moving with the punches. Right. Listen up. Butch wants to give you your own elite benefits playbook and it's absolutely free. 
From business strategy to benefit strategy, every step from the start through implementation, account setup, and open enrollment, working through service requests and the process of renewals. A valuable look at your company, your insurance options, and how to make the process easier on you. Go now to EliteBenefits.net slash playbook and get your free Elite Benefits Playbook or give Butch a call today, 708-535-3006. Now, you're, you're on this campaign um, that you're working on, and I, I, can you give us a little background on that Made You Look campaign? Um, I think a little bit, uh, it's mostly about subject lines, but can you give us a little idea what you were working on, what was the idea, and um, you know how long is it going to last? Because it seems like it's still going. Yeah. Uh, here's the interesting, I, I'll reveal this. Everybody doesn't know this, but since we're buddies, I'll tell you. Sure. That, so, most of those videos are two years old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're good content. I've watched some of them. I, and I appreciate that. They're, uh, the first thing that I, I was, somebody had convinced me, you need to make some videos, you know, to diversify your content mix. Like I, you know, I'm a writer, so I like to write and I'm kind of shy on camera. Once I get talking, I'm fine. But talking to the camera by myself is weird. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. um, but I was encouraged, you know, just if you, if you, you know, you can reach different people and, and uh, show your personality and, and, and the algorithms are kind of favoring video right now. So about two years ago, I said, okay, I, what's something I can talk about consistently? Cause I wanted to make, I had the crazy idea. I'm going to make a hundred, a hundred videos in a hundred days. Uh, and I, I was, I didn't make video every single day, but I did about 115 videos, maybe 120 videos in about 140 days. Uh, so that kind of worked that way. But sure. subject lines was the one thing that I knew I could talk about every single day. I write them all the time. I read them all the time. And I have, because like you said, is there's an art and a science to it. Hmm. Uh, I can tell you why I wrote the subject lines I did. I can tell you how they performed for the ones that uh, I still have access to the data. Or I, I remember, uh, I can tell you all kinds of crazy stuff. And the ones that I've read, same thing. I can tell you why they're really cool or why they're uh, really bad. Like I didn't talk about any bad ones. <laughs> so anyway, no. there's a hundred and I, I have recorded 105 of those videos uh, and I put them on YouTube. And then what I'm doing now is, is putting them on LinkedIn. Uh, so I think, uh, I mean, I, I plan to still make more, but I've, I took a little break two years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we'll see how many more I put on. You're still LinkedIn. writing them. You're still putting the script together. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's just, uh, you know, me trying to, to create a valuable resource for entrepreneurs like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody needs subject lines. They're sending out sure. emails. And I get mm-hmm. that question a lot. What are some subject lines that work? What are subject lines that people open? And so I, you know, off the top of your head, you're like, I could think of a few, but everybody's business is different. Everyone's audience is different. Everyone's offer is different. Um, so I just, I got a compilation of, I said there's 104, 105. I can't remember at the, t- at this moment. Um, mm-hmm. And they're from real estate. They're from health. They're from, relationships they're from financial there and some of them are just you know boilerplate you could pretty much use them for everything i got some i mentioned president biden in there for the for the lovers and the haters yes I got right elon musk in there for the lovers and the haters mm-hmm. uh, because these are people who have you have emotional reactions because sure yeah either you love them or you hate them there's really not any way to feel yeah. in between uh, and you don't love a tesla come on Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. But some people hate it. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, but you bring up good points and I think I encourage everybody to go look at it despite that they're two years. And then um, 
I, you know, for years I've been trying to study this stuff. I'm not an expert by you because I got my own craft, but, you know, right. picking up things, you know, there's these guys and I, I'm trying to remember, I was going to uh, search it while it, it triggered when you were talking about headlines and stuff. Um, there was a famous headline, the Abraham guy. Um, I can't think of his name, but uh, you you know hey, who he is. Well, Donnie's going to be the next one. Yeah. Yeah. And so the most famous headlines ever existed. And then how do they modify it today? I think that would be pretty, pretty interesting because a yeah. lot of those are from like what the early 1900s and uh, they still work. Yeah. Right. You're right. And even, even now, even in a lot of business owners, even myself with the podcast, you know, there are certain things because there's a small little description that doesn't give the full content that I actually wonder sometimes I nail it on the, 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 the title. And I'm like, wow, I, even I'm surprised. I'm like, that's interesting. And it could be, you know, something like I remember years ago, we were doing email campaigns and I put like your health insurance plan sucks. And like a whole bunch of people opened up. Right. That's a great but one. Then, I, then I'm like, this is the one thing that you need to know about health insurance. And I get a much lower uh, rate, rate, even though it's a good one, but it's still, still right. It's all about yeah. the emotional drive and um, where, where it's going. But um, but obviously the, the copy is definitely, um, key in a lot of things. And I think business owners really don't take it, um, to heart and even just employers, not just business owners, because yeah. there's mid-sized companies that don't have the owners anymore, the right. transition or whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely key because I, you know, there's things that I pick up and I read and uh, I actually got your latest uh, newsletter here. We'll talk about that in a second, Thanks but, so uh, you know, there's times I pick up material from even my own client base and I'm like, did anybody proofread this? Like, um, I mean, that's just step one, right? Like, sure. You could write a copy like, and, uh, they make so many tools for these small business owners that like they got Grammarly, which is very inexpensive. You could ch change the tone you want it and yeah. at least sound better right um, yeah. if anything and then there's always the creativity right as we're moving forward so we're in this new post-covid world and you know um things are moving faster i can yeah. see like online it seems like the activity is increasing people are more in the game do you think it's like the, you know the whole blue ocean strategy where uh, now it's getting muddy waters or do you think that copy's always there and it's just moving in a different direction yeah well here's what's interesting and i, I think you're 100 correct i think there's more opportunity than ever and there's going to be more need for copy than than ever before. Uh, there's a lot of competition because everybody's got a thousand places where they put copy, whether they wrote it, they found somebody to write it, or now with artificial intelligence like ChatGPT, um, a lot of people are using that to write sales copy for them, or at least to help them write it. Uh, and there are blog articles, all the content that they do, even video scripts. If you've seen, I don't know if you ever use Vimeo, but Vimeo now has a script generator. <laughs> <laughs> you can say, hey, I, I want to talk about that. this, and it, yeah. will, it will give you a, a rough outline of a script. Um, so mm -hmm. even people who don't want to write video scripts can use AI to get like a shortcut. Mm -hmm. uh, and all those things are cool. Uh, so there's, it's both. It, it's yeah. Things are accelerating. Uh, there's going to be more and more copy and content everywhere. Uh, and people need it more to try and stay relevant and stay visible. Uh, so there's a, there's going to be a lot, but there's going to be a lot of competition as well. I think one thing that that differentiates this this current era is we're all competing with Netflix. All of us are. So maybe back in the day it wasn't so much so, but right now I can read your email or I can watch Breaking Bad, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? It's on my phone. I got it right here. And thousands of hours of any show that I want to watch on YouTube as well. Um, and so we have to, we can't afford to be boring. We can't afford to be irrelevant. We had to say things that are uh, interesting, in some ways entertaining, and uh, and specifically relevant to the situation 
that the, our, our readers are in. Uh, so your health insurance, your insurance plan sucks. It's mm. great. Cause mm. I got to deal with that. <laughs> right. Yes. Mm. I got to deal with that. Uh, something you need to know. It's like, eh, that's what I got a guy for. I got a guy for that. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'll just call him Butch. He can fix that. For yeah. Me. Loyalty. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so there's, there's still, I think there's still a blue ocean. There's still so much room for personality to come through and opinion matters for you to stand, put your flag in the ground and say, I believe in this or that. That may, it may be more of a, of a blue ocean than ever for you to take a stand on something, anything. There's only one of you, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, uh, and everyone's so opinionated these days. And so, emotionally reactive to everything but i think that makes it a little bit easier to build a tribe around you if you mm-hmm. take a stand and say say take the have the courage to say something yeah. meaningful yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and maybe against the grain a little bit then the people who feel the same way they're going to say that's my guy he and i mm-hmm. she and i we're the same kind of people and i want to listen to what they say i want to support what they're doing and if i'm going to buy from somebody might as well be someone who has the same values as me for sure. And uh, and obviously it comes down to content and there's different forms of content, right? We're talking yes. about just copyright and some people are thinking newsletters and articles and stuff, but yeah. it could actually get all the way down to Instagram posts, right? Little yep. pictures and what you put yep. actually in there. You, there's software that, I mean, Canva's one and then there's many yep. other ones where you can make yep. your own memes and you can make your own stuff. And yep. then and that's where the copy, right? Like you said, it's got to be entertaining. got to pull your personality out. And some of that really gets difficult. And uh, I know, you know, it's about leveraging technology. I mean, I've used chat GTP, but it's really just for bullet points. You get the writer's block, right? And you're like, okay, yeah. I'm trying to find things to write or talk about this topic. And then it spells something out. And you're like, yeah, I know everything on there. I just needed the bullet points. I just couldn't extract it. Right. But, and you you had created a video and then well, we'll start wrapping some things up here. But um, you created a vi- video and some some content around where copywriters were fear that this uh, AI stuff is going to put them out of business. Um, but, but can you talk a little bit on that? Because I, I, I actually don't think it, it'll actually make you shine a little bit more. Sure. You're going to have some little amateurs over here that are doing some copywriting, either yep. selling it or they're trying to do it on their own. But at some point they're going to need a guy like you. Yeah. 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 I, and I thank you for asking that question. I, I, I made a couple of videos over. It's weird because maybe, a year and a half ago or two years ago, the first kind of wave before ChatGPT came out, there was a couple of AI tools that were less advanced. And I made a video, I, I you know, was saying, if you're really committed to being a basic writer, you will be replaced one day, right? Um, but if you have uh, the the drive to continue to improve yourself and to, and to work on being good, you don't have to worry about AI. And then ChatGPT came and everybody started going, it's the, the the sky's falling, right? I had a <laughs> had a guy call me on the phone, Johnny. Uh, what am I gonna do? I think I it's all coming down. I'm like, first of all, here's what's interesting. Uh, the same way that people don't want to learn how to write copy, a lot of people are not gonna want to learn how to use Chat GPT. It's not that difficult, but mm-hmm. there's just the the uh, fear of technology or the the hesitancy to kind of mess around with that. And like you said. You're focused on your business, doing the things in your business that you're great at. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think AI is going to replace many copywriters. I only know maybe a couple who have been impacted at all. Everybody asks me that question. Everybody. Mm-hmm. How is AI treating me? It hasn't done anything to me yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see in, in three or four years. Who knows? Um, but actually, to your point, I think it's, it's yeah. just going to, it's a tool like any other tool that will help us to be more productive and streamline, streamline our efforts. But we still have to have personality. We still have to have those opinions. We still have to know how to respond to to our individual circumstances and our individual 
uh, audiences, everyone is mm-hmm. different. And ChatGPT doesn't actually know anything. It's a language model, not a knowledge model. It doesn't know anything. It just mm-hmm. knows how to put words together. I mean, that's what it knows. Um, but it doesn't know how anyone's going to react to any given thing. And it, it doesn't know what's true either, which is you yep. can prove because if there's a button that says regenerate, and if you hit the button, it'll say something different. And you definitely bring up a good point. I think that's where more validity to what you guys do is you could get a base form from there, but it, it like you got to know what you're looking at. You got to know what you're reading for and you have to know your audience, right? Where, where you're going, who's going to buy. And so, you know, this has definitely been great. I, I want to have you, we'll, we'll have you come back on the, on the show. We'll talk about more, more of this stuff. Uh, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, I know you have a newsletter on LinkedIn um, and then you also have it on your website. So yeah. if somebody wants to reach out and have you know further conversation, hire you, whatever it might be, how do they get in touch with you? And if there's more information like your newsletters, how do they do that? Yeah. Um, the, the website is Donnie-Bryant.com. Um, if you Google me, there's one other guy, I think he's a dentist in Arkansas. But you'll find you'll find me. Uh, same thing on LinkedIn. I think if you I don't know if, if anybody else would come up, but uh, I'm I'm more active on LinkedIn these days than any other uh, social platform. Uh, and if you go to my website, that's where all my content, well, all my content really goes to the new, newsletter first. Then it usually ends up on my website and sometimes ends up on social media. I don't create too much fresh stuff for social media that comes <laughs> down down the pike from uh, the newsletter. So anyway, to answer the question. Yeah. Yeah, Donnie-Bryant.com is probably the, the easiest way. But if you're on social, LinkedIn is, is uh, where I'm at more than anything Got it. else. We'll put it in the show notes too, so that way they can um, reach out to you. And I think it'll, it'll be good. I appreciate your time today. And this is great, valuable information. And hopefully some um, businesses out there pick up on it. Uh, thank you for inviting me. This has been a lot of fun. And I look forward yeah. to uh, the second, <laughs> the second yeah. edition. <laughs> yeah, thank you.